Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can find all the videos of the podcast on flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast, audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm Kevin Selly, joined by Lincoln Shrike, who is in his home that Lopez Lamont was very curious to know just how you're settling in over there, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I appreciated that, and it, it's still uh, surprising me every time I think about that. That uh, Lopez Long was curious how I've uh, <laughs> how I've been settling in, but it was a rainy day yesterday. I don't think out here in Taylor, about forty minutes north of you, that we got as much rain as you guys did yesterday. So I I, I saw you texted me that you couldn't deal with another rainy day. I mean, we definitely got some, but I was able to fit in a run completely dry it was that not your case yesterday i got one in around five with mm-hmm. a little bit of sprinkling but before that it was a downpour all day there was a tornado watch until 5 p.m and I, you're you're a midwest guy i don't know what missouri counts as actually i don't know what that is but you're a tornado midwest. guy i'm not i'm not a tornado guy i feel Storm the same chaser. way about i feel the same way about tornadoes that you probably do about earthquakes well, I have never in my life experienced an earthquake, so um do they scare I mean, you though the idea of them? I suppose. I mean, they come in obviously like any storm in varying degrees of uh terrifyingness. So <laughs> I, having never experienced one, I I don't know what it's like when the world shakes. So uh I, I understand when you put it through that lens what your perception of a tornado could be. Of course, if there's a tornado bearing down on your home, it's a little different. I just think the likelihood of that is small. When you look at an, an earthquake, of course, it is more all-encompassing, uh, maybe not for a state's landlocked like uh, like Missouri, where I grew up, but for certainly for California, it can affect thousands of miles at a time. So, uh, it's, of course, my fear is a little more real of that, or my understanding of it is uh, that it could be a little scarier. The lightning and thunder out here is intense, too. I do not... Mm-hmm. I do not like the lightning storms. They're not in the distance making these pretty thunderbolts. They're really violent, and, and I'm well, not a fan of it. Well, it's affecting my ability to run with my Dish TV uh, thing on top of my head yeah. so that I can stream multiple things while exercising. So, yeah, it's that is an impediment for sure. This is, But this is a time when I'm trying to ramp up the miles because – you you're challenging me to get to 50 miles i want to make you proud you said you'd be proud of me i hit 40 last week my goal is 43 to 44 this week so i cannot Mm -hmm. let the weather bog me down and i'd rather a little rain than it be oppressively hot given the choice that is uh definitely preferable because we are getting oppressively hot i assume in the next weeks uh to come as we near june it's going to become miserable here uh so man pandemic heat all the good mm-hmm. stuff it's uh it's setting to Locusts. be a uh setting to be a challenging hot girl summer for sure so we'll see how things go <laughs> completely out of date reference there lincoln nice job yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. we yeah. got three stories i think we want to talk about and then we'll yep. get to some emails as well mary kane and nick willis are going to work and run for tracksmith we also have news about the Cal State system moving all their classes online for the fall, it looks like, and the ripple effects of that in the running world. And then let's start, though, with 
the the news that Gordon and I talked about yesterday, the Diamond League revamped schedule. I wanted to get your opinion on on that because we got some more information after we got done mm-hmm. recording yesterday. Yeah, the the way World Athletics presented it was as if it was kind of set to go, and it seems the reverberations indicate it's more tenuous than perhaps suggested. And nowhere is that more uh, real than the kind of the embarrassment, the egg on the face related to the Prefontaine Classic supposedly going down on October 4th. Uh, What an oversight it was to find out in Ken Goh's reporting in the Oregonian that World Athletics didn't, until the very last minute, even contact the University of Oregon to, to see if they were okay with hosting a track meet in the fall, you know? it's unbelievable. I understand maybe there's some elements where they think, well, we've had a good relationship with this track, Hayward Field. Previously, you know, we're going to host a world championships there in 2022. But that, to me, that oversight, not contacting Oregon and Oregon coming back and saying, wait a second, this didn't get run through us and we haven't had any approval and the governor is not ready to give the green light on such, uh, such, you know, massive gatherings, if you will. And of course they haven't had any statements about what the the fan structure is going to look like at these meets, but um, that seemed to underscore to me that this schedule, this uh, August to October schedule, and it spans the globe from Monaco to China to the U.S. Um, t- to me that it, you know, really emphasizes that this is written in pencil, not pen right now. And that, this is the ideal to have this revised schedule, but it by no means is absolutely, you know, written in stone at this point. I'm looking at the registered guard article on it, and it says that Tom Jordan, who's the pre-classic meet director, called the October 4th date a placeholder to help World Athletics establish a provisional schedule. And then, as you mentioned, okay. the governor of Oregon has strict guidelines about how many people can congregate. And that's through the end of September. So not all the way to October. So maybe they just looked at that and they're like, okay, cool. Well, this issue hasn't changed at all. So we definitely can say October 4th, everything will be raring to go. There's been no moving backwards on dates at all throughout this pandemic. And and they went ahead and, and put it on the calendar. Another thing that people started commenting on is October and Eugene in general and its compatibility or incompatibility with a high caliber track and field meet. Have you been to, mm-hmm. have you ever been to Eugene in October? Nope. No, only been to Oregon in, in the summer months. So please enlighten me on what the temperature and what the, uh, the, the, uh, I can't think of the word, but what, what's it like in the fall in Eugene? It rains a lot. It rains a lot. And after the time changes, it's light for about three hours a day. At least that's how I remember <laughs> it when I was in college. Not that the light necessarily would be an issue because I'm sure they would pick a time on on a Sunday when they could compete, but it's more the temperature. It's not that warm. It's cloudy. It's rainy. It's what you'd associate with cross-country weather in other parts of the country, and it's like that fairly consistently. There are months – you go months without seeing the sun in Eugene during the fall. Perhaps they they could luck out. Yeah, I just looked up because I was curious, and and I thought it would – October 4th, still within this daylight savings window. So it's not going to be dark at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. Yeah, that was more just me taking a shot at the time change policies. Yeah, you missed it by like about that. a month. That's okay. That's okay. 
I just remember going into a 4 p.m. class and the sun's already basically giving up and then coming out at five o'clock and it's like midnight and being just mm-hmm. bummed, bummed out about it. Now they make up for it in the summer when mm-hmm. it's light all day. It's awesome. And, and it stays yeah. light super late. And anybody who's been in there in the summer, you almost lose track of time, especially if you're at a track meet because it's, it's still so light out when you're leaving and you're like, okay, is it 4 p.m.? Oh, it's nine? Wait, what? That's confusing. Yeah. But the weather for the sprints, the weather for the sprints is going to be challenging if I had mm-hmm. to venture a guess. I mentioned yesterday, the day before, it has a, there's an Oregon football game scheduled too mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. against Washington. And if that goes off, I mean, that's going to cause problems and issues with hotel rooms. I know that's not top of mind, but typically. Well, it should schools, be. <laughs> school, well, schools. Well, I, I think they're just thinking, can we do the thing regardless of fans? Right. I think at this point, they're mm-hmm. not even thinking about, can we, and do they have enough hotel rooms just for one, uh, one set of athletes maybe. Right. And not even worrying about having a robust, uh, program of of having really deep excuse me of having really deep fields but just enough to uh to to do the bare minimum but at that point i wonder about the cost benefit at that point if you can't have fans or you can't have that many fans and you're not attracting these these big fields i guess the thought process is just put out there whatever you can put out there and, and go from there yeah well i'm just curious why world athletics is feeling in what directions are they feeling the heat to rush back into this i know other sports are working very very hard higher revenue sports mlb is you know trying to press down on the accelerator right now with the open thing being the uh, approval of the players and uh, nfl seems to be driving downhill at 900 miles an hour towards their season and and the nba although approaching a little bit more cautiously is trying to figure out a solution as well so i don't know if it's world athletics trying to get in on that uh that bandwagon and say, we've got to work hard to try to bring this back. But, but what incentive are we having to bring the season back other than, I guess we want to see track and field again. Is that a big enough motivating factor one to run up against, you know, regional laws or rules and, and potentially put people in danger when we know that so far 2020 for the rest of the year or until December, we're supposedly not going to have Olympic qualifying uh, as an option. And the Olympics aren't until 2021. Why are we trying to to force the issue? There's not a Diamond League final that we're building up to. Of course, I want to have track and field back, but it it, it just feels like this was put together slapdash style without maybe the full scope of of thought and obviously with what Oregon said without full communication with the the powers that be I don't see the Prefontaine Classic happening on October 4th I don't think that's going to happen but I also don't think there's going to be a football game the day before and that can kind of lead us into what we were going to talk about with this I know this Oregon is not California the California state system of schools but but if this is if we're starting to see schools saying we're going to be virtual throughout yeah. you know started starting in this fall semester i just think that's the that's the rock starting down the hill that's staying i don't know if we're gonna i don't know if in the u.s we're gonna be ready for a full return to amateur collegiate sports by the, by the time august and september rolls around here's how i had it ranked in terms of probability and people can correct me here but international track 
I think would be the first thing they could come back. And you're already going to start to see that different countries just having meets within their country. If they've lifted the policies, if they have the, the virus under control, we've heard a lot about the South Korean baseball league coming back to play. If they yeah. want, if track was huge in South Korea, which, you know, they had the Daegu world championships and it should have taken off yeah. at that point, but it didn't, it didn't, mm-hmm. didn't quite catch on. They could be hosting track meets. If you're hosting a baseball game, there's no reason why you can't host a, a, a track meet. Um, so international track, I had one domestic track. I had two. I could see a situation where small scale meets later on in the summer could mm-hmm. go off depending on the situation with the, the virus, of course. And then there's a gap, a pretty sizable gap to three and four. And I put three NCAA sports and then I put four road racing and road racing is mm-hmm. a tough thing to describe because am I describing a major just marathon with 30,000 people or am I, yeah. yeah a- am I describing the, just the elite field? People have said it's hard to imagine a Boston marathon. That's just an elite field, but London, maybe, maybe London just trots out 10 people, 20 people, but still you're having them run through all these public spaces, which is difficult. NCAA cross country uh, or sports in general in the fall. The issues there obviously are they're saying that they need to have classes Although there's been some mixed messing on messaging on that, meaning campuses need to be open, and there's yeah. also this idea, there's also this idea, Lincoln, uh, of equity within the NCAA, right? If one portion of the country is impacted still by it, then they're going to have to take that into account, and they're yeah. going to have to say, well, maybe 47 states are fine, but there's three states where there's still heavy restrictions. How can we proceed with a season that's unbalanced? And you even saw this going back with the rules uh, right after the pandemic hit, the different conferences were putting into play. When I talked to some college coaches, they were saying, hey, well, like if the the state of New York or the state of Washington, whatever state it was, is being hit and has all these restricted restrictions in place and they can't practice. Well, then we got to look at the other members of of the conference and and what are we going to allow for them to do? So I think that's why it's going to be difficult for for the NCAA to come back. But obviously, road racing, it's self-evident why that would be difficult to to go forward. With this with this Cal State thing, uh, now the Cal State system, that's not the UC system. So we're not talking about UCLA. We're not talking about Cal, Cal aka Cal Berkeley. We're not talking about UC Davis. But at least on the division two side on the running side of things, that's, that's Chico state. That's Stanislaus. Those are some, some mm-hmm. big name programs there. Yeah. It's obviously that's, you feel like this is the, they're just the first actors here that could <clears throat> set a trend. Uh, the action of the California school system would surely have a lot to, will be a big impact on um, <clears throat> what the rest of the, what the what rest of the country does. And I know that, the NCAA is going to have want to, they have interest in having sports back, but you're hearing so much about the second wave when we're reducing social distancing and things are opening up. It's like, there's some belief that like this boredom we're all experiencing and desire we want, that we want to have sports back is somehow doing something to the virus and it's going to be, you know, calm down. The virus is still, I mean, again, not an expert from what I'm reading, though, the virus very much still here. And particularly if we're not committed at this point to to waiting it out a few more months, then we're probably not going to have sports because what I mean, what for track and fields example, 
what are we doing if if X athlete comes down with a fever and tests positive in Monaco? Like, right. what, yeah, what is yeah. the protocol here? We haven't heard any of that, and that doesn't speak to anything that could be going on in the NCAA, but the NCAA can't have that too. And I, I, as of this juncture, I understand um, that they haven't made any formal announcements because they don't have that answered. And, you know, the NBA and MLB seem to have their things figured out more than others, but they don't, their, their leagues don't resemble what can be done with the NCAA because you're right. Kids have to go to school and, and campuses aren't going to be able to be wide open. Um, if, if social distancing measures still need to be in place. I know here in Texas, things are, things are open, but our boredom with, and, and our need to get back to work does not, you know, is not, does not run parallel with the, the virus being diminished. Like it's going to come back if we stop social distancing and everything. And so I, we know we want to have track and field back, but just by saying this is the dates it's going to be, doesn't mean that it's going to be eradicated. And I, I just, I'm, well, it's the, I don't know. I don't, places, just because they're announcing this does not mean that it's going to be able to take place because I'm not seeing the, the full-fledged actions and the commitment. We know track and field is too global of a sport to have to, have to isolate these athletes, put them in a bubble like they want to do in other leagues. Yeah. And and if, as soon as you get somebody testing positive, what's the reaction going to be? You have to shut the whole thing down. And it's like they're just kind of – they're 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 playing the the lottery and they're banking on on winning and getting lucky and, and that's just not a strategy for world athletics to go forth with well back to back to college stuff um because if it was the nba or nfl you say okay we're gonna move everybody to, to arizona and they're gonna play move everybody to georgia or florida whatever you, you can't do that in college sports you, you can't create yeah. you can't create this bubble so it's just the challenges for colleges are so much more difficult and I, this does seem early, but as someone who's worked in the college, uh, helping kids get into college, into these colleges specifically, moving that ship takes a long time. That is a large university system and kids mm -hmm. are going to want to know and move into dorms and make arrangements for classes and figure out their entire life. So if you wait two more months to make this, if you make two, you know, if you wait until July, to make this decision, you know, that's, uh, you're going to end up with a similar situation that you had when things were getting called off in March. Right. And, yep. and kids were asked to leave and people were going home. I mean, I remember we were talking to college athletes at NCAA indoors. And I was like, when you guys get back to school, what are you going to do? And some, so many of them were confused about like what happened next. Like they just didn't know. I think they want to avoid that situation. Now sports different smaller group of people but there's a lot been a lot of people in the incentive have said you need to have campuses open if you're going to have sports you need to have uh well at the very least you need to have classes but I, I guess they're not even counting virtual classes they're talking about the campus actually being open i did see that they are going to keep cal states they're going to keep some classes they said might be open like things where you need to do hands-on work i don't know if that's going to be a way for them to potentially, if things do improve, to allow for sports. But anytime we get on all these decisions, I think back to I think back to Harvard, Lincoln, and I think back to Harvard not sending their athletes to NCAA indoors, mm -hmm. and everybody, not everybody, a lot of people were saying, "Man, that was too soon. Why did they do that?" And then literally three days later, the entire world was shut down. Yeah. <laughs> And yes, Harvard Trust saved eight hundred dollars. Basically, what we're 
Yeah. Well, and and they they haven't made a decision yet about about the fall. We should mention that they have not made a decision, but they're one institution. They're not 23, 22, whatever the Cal State number is. Yes, Harvard saved 800 bucks on on plane tickets by not sending their athletes there, but they they also obviously saw where this was headed and made made the right decision and in retrospect it, it looks it, it, it's very funny to think that that people were like well, what are they doing man you're depriving those yeah. kids of uh of an opportunity and then literally everything stopped everything it wasn't just like the meat got canceled it was every sport one of the uh shortest lived controversies in sports history i think was yeah. the harvard not sending athletes which ended up to be a uh a a nice decision for them that uh you're right saved them saved their their already thin endowment on plane tickets and then uh <laughs> uh also just was a was a good look for them when the like you said when the entire the entire world shut down so basically not optimistic that we're gonna have collegiate sports in 2020 i just don't i don't i don't see it and just because some leagues are coming back and making announcements and making press releases that does not mean we're going to have track and field uh, back in, in 2020. I, I just think they haven't sorted through all the details yet and never was that more evident by the fact they didn't contact the uh, the University, University of Oregon when they said, we're going to have a track meet on your campus. This is insane. Yeah. This is like, I don't know. I was trying to figure out what, what could be a, a good parallel to this or, you know, analogy to what they did here. I guess it's like, Showing up to a birthday party that you didn't RSVP for. I, I don't know. It's uh it's just I will say this strange. Though, I will say I will say this though. If the university does eventually sign off on this, that would probably mean that we're to a point where the university as a whole is gonna open in some capacity, which means we would be on the way to having sure. a fall season. So how much how much is this gonna break down that we've seen in the country? measures are left to a state-by-state level and governors are making the choice and Oregon has a democratic governor. Therefore, you would assume it's going to be more restrictive based on the way the country has broken down throughout this pandemic. And I know Republican governors have slower, they were slower to act, but have since, you know, come to seemingly their senses and, and, you know, impose lockdowns, but we're seeing some states start to open up and it seems to be kind of breaking down by the by the aisle here with Oregon having a Democratic governor. I just wonder if they're going to be slower to hesitant to be like, come on down for the pre-classic in October. You know, it's just I just wonder if that's well, going to happen. Also, fact. also, you mentioned before the international dynamic to this, right? It's bringing in people from all throughout yep. the world. Now, may, maybe yep. they make a, a pre-classic where it's it's U.S. only, and there's certainly high-quality enough athletes where they what can are we make doing? an interesting but, but, track But meet. why? Why do we need to do that? Why is it we so desperate to do that that we would do that? I mean... Well, if it's safe, if it's safe, it would be. I guess it would. Be I guess, fun. and then so It'd we can great. have a two-day. We'll do a two-day meet, and if you're, if you're one-day uh, meet, just on Sunday. No, no, let's one day know, meet. But I'm saying make it a two-day meet, and if your last name starts with A through L, you get to compete the first day, and then M through Z gets to compete the get the the second day. I mean, this is we're we're forcing the issue here as the sun pokes through. I apologize if I'm completely. Uh, lit up here but it's a in contrast to your point here the sun is poking yeah. through here yeah. it's just we're you should save all the these issue. 
doesn't need to you should happen. save all these when Gordon comes on. You, you need to save this for well, the next no, his, Gordon. He's Apple invalidated Apple. himself. We all know since uh, what's the difference between tomorrow and 2029? That's a big question. The, uh... I mean, that's a you're right. I mean, I'll leave know, it to difference. you guys to debate if something is fast approaching or not because I the difference like between that. tomorrow and, and 2029 is that uh, to, to well, today my son is still learning to ride a bike in 2029 he might have his learner's permit so that's the difference let's just calm down right. like it's ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about uh mary Kane, uh nick willis signing with tracksmith another thing you and gordon discussed another thing you and gordon discussed yeah he claimed uh, on the victory pod. over me and 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 i don't this is my problem with him might, i think he no. might be right though no, uh, no, 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 no. Tracksmith is a track and field brand. It's yeah, a track yeah, and field but I'm just, brand. And he said he's going to sign with a local running company. That is not what this is. I don't want to get into an argument with him because he loves to argue, but this it's is split decision. more. This, okay, split decision at worst. That's oh, that's what I'm taking. I'm adjudicating this. You are, you are involved in the argument, so you do not adjudicate this. I will. You said he's going to sign with another sponsor. Brooks or Hoka. That's what I thought. And of course it wasn't Gordon, that. And of course it wasn't a local running company either. Yeah. But the idea that it was a, it's a non-traditional sponsorship because he's going to work for them. Right. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. His, yeah. he, he posted the pictures. Mary Kane did as well with a singlet that said amateur. Basically I'm going to be an amateur runner. Like this is my employer. Mm -hmm. Now my living is not tied hundred percent to my race results. He'll still mm -hmm. get bonuses and he'll still win. You know, I, I don't know the structure of his contract, but I'm sure he'll still get appearance fees when he shows up at meets because he's still somebody people want to have in their field. And he said he's still going for – he's trying to continue his streak of years of sub four in the mile. Um, or is it, is it consecutive or is it overall years under four in the mile? I, I missed that. I, I would have okay. – I don't know if it's consecutive. He wants to do all these I, things. Yeah. He's got all these goals in any event. It's not – so I, I see yeah. how – what Gordon was saying, the spirit of it came through. The local part, he shouldn't have said local. He should not have said local because that's where it went awry. I'm calling it a tie. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not hearing any other arguments to either side. Um, Mary Kane well, is, is – no, yep. Justice Tully, and may it please the court, uh, may nope, I offer the fact mute. that – Okay. Hold okay. on. Can you mute Sorry. Lincoln? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Mary Kane is going to have a job. I think what, – what is it in specifically? It's – growing great basically trying to grow their brand within running in clubs york. in new york city yeah 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 so it's a full-time job these are full-time jobs okay. yeah cool i mean i anytime something you're allowed is, to speak is, now yeah cool uh, i'm still muted though it's just my mouth uh i mean a, a novel idea is fun and you like to see it you like to see brands i, I don't want to say taking risks but doing new things of course some of this is a little uh it's just a somewhat a marketing ploy, somewhat. But they are doing what they're saying. I at least I assume so. That's good to get the community involved and not just make professional runners seem these distant athletes that that recreational runners can't relate to. I like the community involvement, and I think specifically for Mary Kane in, in New York, um, she can have a big, big impact. And not exclusively, but uh, you know, particularly on the female side, given the story she shared about her experience with the Nike Oregon project, um, I think mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately a lot of women can re relate to being to being uh, to to that type of situation of being feeling objectified and experiencing that. And I think her her 
her experience as a, a very high level runner. And then also, unfortunately, going through the things she did at, at the Nike Oregon Project gives her a powerful voice in the running community, as we saw last fall. And, you know, she's still continuing her career and there's a chance she could come back and be a factor at, at an Olympic trials. I mean, it's not as likely as Nick Willis getting back to the Olympics, but but still, she's only 24 years old and it could be a could be a uh, still be a big name in the, in the U.S. running scene. But I, I, I like this concept. I think the the thing is, everyone's is this the new look of professional running? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I still think you're going to have young athletes raising an eyebrow to having to do stuff outside of training. I think that's one of the allures of professional being a professional athlete is that you can sleep, eat, play video games and train. I mean, it's not it, it, when you get to, when you've done other things in your life as Kane and, and Nick Willis have, you know, with Willis having a long career and being on the, absolutely on the tail end and Kane being sort of an activist um, for women's issues and, and, you know, the treatment of professional athletes, uh, they represent, you know, a different population rather than just the sleepy train athletes. And I think they can set the model. So there, there may, there certainly may be more athletes that, that, that do this. Uh, that said, I, you're still going to have obviously the, the athletes that just want to join groups and run and, and that's all they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the whole benefit of professionalism for, for most athletes, not all athletes, mm-hmm. some athletes, probably don't prefer that method but you get the contracts you don't need to worry about anything else and you can solely spend all Mm -hmm. of your time and energy becoming as fast as you can be someone like willis who's you know much older than than kane it makes sense from a transitioning career perspective too because he's it's 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 an interesting thing to think about these people are uh so accomplished these pro athletes right but when's the last time they've had a job you know, maybe, maybe they had something in, in yeah. college, maybe they had a work study thing in, in college, but if they were a, a full boat scholarship athlete, probably nothing in college, maybe had a summer gig in high school, and then you have a 20 year career. So when you go on your LinkedIn page, there's not a ton there. You haven't been endorsed for that many skills, Lincoln, uh, on, on LinkedIn, you got to make sure you get endorsed for all those like teamwork skills. Uh, so that's, that's good. Like, it's good that, yeah. uh, took a, took a while on that delay for that link linkedin joke to to settle in i'm glad it finally got over to you and taylor though it's good um so it, it's good it's good for it's good for for willis to get that experience we see this in a way we probably see this but it's not as public with nike right like i'm sure a lot of the athletes to the tail end of their career start doing stuff or yeah. at least shadowing or internship type opportunities even though they're they're much older than the the traditional intern and then they move into the move into the footwear department and then okay maybe they have one last ride in the olympic year and they ride out their contract and then they go and they do it so i don't think it's altogether new but um with that with an emerging company it certainly helps to have two big names in the running world and I like the jerseys that say amateur. I think they're cool. Yeah, I, like I, I my, you know, my wife likes Tracksmith stuff. I, I, I just don't think I'm cool enough. I'm not, I'm not in on the. Somebody described it. I think it was an outside magazine article yesterday. They or somewhere that it was like a combination of like '70s track apparel meets like uh, 
Ivy League vintage clothing or something. So okay. it's awfully, it's a little pricey. It's a little pricey. So let's not get it twisted. They're obviously looking to sell sell some some gear here with, with this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I guess the amateur thing is a bit of a shtick because, I mean, these are still professional runners. I mean, I get the thing well, here is that they, they've got a job. He, he flipped He's turning he flipped amateur. Well, it's a amateur. Can, that, amateur. can you... Like can that's you, a clever. That's a clever. Thing. Does, in, a clever does NCAA is NCAA falling for this? Does Nick Willis? Yeah, have he gets NCAA his eligibility, eligibility back. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. So the a recruiting people... for Nick's the, the recruiting for Nick Willis starts anew again. We got. Is he going to go back to Michigan? Maybe Oregon sna <laughs> snags him up. Uh, he's been an Adidas athlete for a while, and he loves running at Flagstaff. Maybe he's in an AU. Maybe he's their fifth man next fall. <laughs> These are the things, and it, when Gordon not on the podcast, these are the things I know that he would say. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's did you listen to the pod yesterday? Yeah, and and, and, yeah. and honestly, I did. I did the. Uh, it's it's really funny. Uh, I did one and a half speed, which you've always ascribed to, and it was so nice because it turns an hour long podcast into whatever that is, forty minutes or or whatnot. And it's just so it's funny. You are sped up, but it's it sounds like Gordon. I guess he just talks slower than you. He his voice is like on one speed when it's on one and a half. It's yeah. it's really strange. It's like it's like well, oh, Gordon's at a normal rhythm here now. Well, that's the same when I listen to you and him. That's how. Yeah. That's how yeah. I, I think it's. But there was a we were having a completely, I thought on the rails discussion about how he would plan NCAA cross, and we almost got to the end of it, and then he floats the. And then there's just a dual meet at the end where it's BYU versus NAU. And I said, we were doing yeah. so good, Gordon. <laughs> he was doing so good, I guess. So you lo you the lost 12, me there. The or the, the Friday teams. before the, the 5K. And I just, yeah, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I like your, your thought. was completely normal. Yeah, I like the thought of the district sectionals, finals, you know, or state finals type of a, type of a model for, for NCAA cross country. I think that can be a very good idea i mean it's not going to happen that doesn't seem like unless you consider the conference kind of the districts where 32 teams automatically get through but uh i don't know how we got down this this rabbit hole here um uh i i guess i'll be interested to see what what if any other track athletes follow this model is this gonna be a model that that college to college athletes signing professional deals are going to be doing maybe maybe some athletes that don't fit in the traditional are you going to nike adidas brooks type of a thing yeah um is is tracksmith going to try to introduce sprinters in into this field athletes is just just distance runners uh you know is does nick willis is he familiar with how to log on to a zoom call you we said he's never had a job you know is his only office i'm assuming he might watching the office like it does he think that like he's going to have to be he, like wearing short sleeve collared shirts and like pushing pencils like i'm, I'm wondering what he thinks because mary kane's only 24 and she just got done with college but nick willis i mean you know it's been in the early 2000s since he's even in yeah. college and ostensibly he hasn't had a job since then so i'm very interested to see how he transitions into the workplace with the rest of us nick willis like me knows and has used a floppy disk before i'll just say <laughs> yeah. that yeah. He, he's familiar with the floppy disk. He did. He was coaching, I know, for a while, and didn't he? He was selling like training plans. So he did. Mm -hmm. He did that. He did that. But yeah. and I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know the dynamics of the current job. But it is. It is different. And I guess it. 
it lends itself well to someone in his position who's probably eager to learn, who's who wants to apply some of the the lessons that they've learned throughout their career to to a different format. Sure. Let's yeah. let's go to email here, uh, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Not going to get to all of them today, but I did want to do two of them. So we got this one from Henry. He's from Minnesota. Wanted to email in to express my thoughts on the Wikipedia entries for various track events. At some point, someone decided to include a list of the top 25 fastest athletes in these articles. And for me, that list has become a sort of rite of passage to being one of the greats. It's in a way equivalent to making an Olympic final in comparison to getting a gold medal, but instead it's with time uh, like the world record. It's also interesting to see athletes who have amazing ranks all time, but never won gold or even medaled. They also, uh, they're also a great test of obscure track knowledge, which I've started to gamify with quizzes, starting with the 5,000. So I wanted to give you the, he made these quizzes. Henry made okay. these quizzes on jetpunk.com. What? A men's 25 fastest in the 5,000 and a women's 25 fastest. And you have eight minutes to do it. Do you want me to quiz you and see if you can do it in eight minutes? It'll I don't know what I mean. Very Quizzon, compelling but podcast. Let's... Let's go. Top for it. 25 all did you listen to the email? He said top 25 all time. I'm I will trying tell to name you the, the top 25. Uh, listen, I will tell you the person's name. Or no, I will tell you their time, their country they represented. Okay. And yeah. and the year they did it. Okay. I can probably do this. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do the I'm doing women for you. I'm doing okay. the women. Oh geez. Is that okay? Yeah. The women actually might be easier because well. We might have time for both. We'll see. So if anybody's planning on doing Henry's quiz, log off right now because there's going to be some spoilers. Also, spoilers. this might completely torpedo my internet connection and the podcast will end in four minutes with cool. color bars and tone. Mm, Are you ready? Good. Yeah. Uh, the number one, Lincoln, is Ethiopia 1411.15 in 2008. Tiranesh You just told me last night. That is... Why? Oh man, do I have to do first names, last names? What's what am I mean, doing here? Hold on. I know that's Tiranesh Baba, so we don't need to. Yeah, it's not okay. Uh, fourteen, twelve, fifty-nine, Ethiopia from twenty sixteen. Uh, ooh, jeez, fourteen. Is that Almazayana? Man, okay, this is failing. Hold on, we're restarting. I don't know why this isn't working. I tested this out with the men, and it worked. Hold on. Let's go back. Uh, you you will you will get this going here in a second. Let me try this on the men's side of things. Okay. Okay. Oh, hold on. Hold good on. Quiz. Oh, I think I know what I did wrong. I know it's a great quiz, right? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Uh, men, we're doing the men. I already got oh, you okay. going, Bekele. Mm. Bekele was the first one. Number two, twelve thirty nine point three six Ethiopia, nineteen ninety eight. Highlight Gebrselassie. Oh, now I got to spell Geb. Okay, keep going. Uh, number three all time, twelve thirty nine point seven four Kenya, nineteen ninety seven. Daniel Komen. Um, that is correct. Number four, twelve forty three point oh two Ethiopia, twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the. I'm trying to think why I can. All, I always have trouble with this guy's name because it's. Uh, it's not Tefera because I think that's the miler. Um, I could see his face. He just got a silver medal in the World Championships. I can't think of his name, though. So you're going to pass on that one? 
Uh, it's I always get him and Tefera mixed up, and I and I don't I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Sorry. So twelve. So twelve forty-five eighty. No, okay, we're going to number five. Twelve forty-five eighty-two, Ethiopia twenty eighteen. So two seconds behind the guy bef- a bit in front of him. Yom Yomi. No, that is uh, Hagos Gebrowet. Saying no, but I could be spelling it wrong. Let's go on to the next one. Twelve forty-six fifty-three, Kenya, two thousand and four. Um, twelve forty-six, two thousand four, Kenya. Yikes. Gebra- um, okay, so Gebrowet was Gebrowet was correct. So you have Gebrowet correct. Okay. Okay. Twelve, and then you said a twelve forty-six, two thousand four. Is that Elliot Kipchoge? Yep. Okay. Correct. Number seven. 1246.79, Ethiopia 2018. Yomif Kajelka. Correct. Kajelka. Number eight, 1246.81, Ethiopia 2012. Dejan Meskel. Correct. Number nine, 1247.04, Ethiopia 2004. Uh, shoot, that's a tough one. Um, 2004, Ethiopia. I. Uh, I, I this is a shot in the dark. Terry Koo, but Bekele? Incorrect. Okay. Incorrect. Yeah. I'll keep going. Uh, yeah. Number 10, 1248-64, Kenya 2012. Edwin Soy? Good guess. Incorrect. But same era. You're right there. You want to try again? No. This was in that same, I believe this was in that same the Paris, Paris race. It's it's that Paris race, I know. Um, wow, this is tough. I didn't study for this test. Are we? Is this going to be graded on a curve or? Um, okay. Um, why is? Nah, the only name. I mean, it's not right. I was just going to say Martin Lell, but that's not even the right era. Um, so no. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Isaiah Kovac. Yeah. Yeah. See, I wouldn't have thought of that. Number 11, 1248 66, Kenya, 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm light on my Kenya from that era. Uh, 2006. Got to talk. It's an audio medium. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is an audio medium. Uh, people are not loving the dead air. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at Isaac Songok. Yeah, I would never Isaac have Songok. That. All right. Never. So you missed three. You, you've been eliminated. We'll do the women now. Sorry, we're, okay. you're not even going to get to the top 25. Uh, I need you to do a formal apology to Henry. The person you're okay. missing at the front was uh, Salomon Borrega. Yeah, Borrega. See, Borrega Tefera, they, they just – Borrega Tefera. Ooh, I wanna. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, let's go to the women. Let's go to the women. You have, uh, you have three misses, and you're allowed one pass. <laughs> I, I have rules now. Are you ready? Okay. I don't think time. I don't think time's going to be your issue. Eight minutes is plenty of time, but okay. let's let's yeah, let's no, do it. Not, okay. It's knowledge. Yeah, it's lack of knowledge. Okay. Go oh, ahead. number one, fourteen eleven. That that is Tiranesh Dababa. That Lincoln is correct. Okay. Yeah. Next one, fourteen twelve fifty nine. And you said, can 14... you say country in year again? 2016 Ethiopia. 
Is that Ayana? Almazayana? That is correct. You are two for two. Number three, 14, 12, 88, Ethiopia, 2008. Remember, Shoot. you can only get three wrong and you have one pass. Ethiopia, yeah, 2008. I'm going to pass. You should pass. not get this wrong. I, I don't. Oh, I don't. you sure you want to use your pass okay, right hold there? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is pass an easy right one. There. Is it though? Or are we just doing time? Can it be multiple athletes at a time? Every athlete is only listed once. Oh, okay, okay. 1412. She had the, yeah, 1412. She's the other great Ethiopian athlete from that era, not named Dababa. Her, I'll give you, do you want to, you want a hint? Yeah. I You're allowed one, one hint. Uh, her last name also starts with a D. Oh, 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 sorry. Mesret Defar. I'm sorry. Correct. Number yeah. four, 1415, Ethiopia, 2015. If you get this wrong, the podcast is over. Yeah. <laughs> Genzebe Dababa. Yes. I call her Genzebe, but that's fine. Number five, uh, 141837, Kenya, 2017. Obiri? Helen Obiri? Correct. Correct. Number six, 142068, Kenya, 2019 2019 oh jeez would that be 2019 and i can't oh man yeah uh, i oh god um you can do it or you can pass or you can take a guess remember you get three misses take a guess or pass why why can i not think of uh so yeah, I'm going to pass. He uses his pass. Okay. It was – well, you can come back to it. That means you can come back to okay. it. That's what passing is allowed. Don't, Seven. It's 14, not in my 20, brain. 14-20 well, – yeah, okay. 14-20-87, Kenya, 2011. 2011, oh, Kenya, 14-20. No. Why did I pass? Why did I pass? Um, This is a tough one. Do most track fans have this in their brain? This is like an impossible This one's quiz. easy. This one's one of the greatest – uh, she's still running. 2011. Who was a good yeah, Kenyan no, woman in the 5,000 2011? Come on, Lincoln. I don't want to say you're letting your family down, but you're definitely letting your college coach down. Uh, Vivian Chariot? Correct. 1422. Oh. 1422. Ooh. Netherlands, 2019. I was waiting for this one. Safan Hassan. I was waiting for that Netherlands boost. Yeah. Okay, 2018 Ethiopia. It's got two 2018 Ethiopias in a row here, both 1423. The first one, 1423.14. Oh, what is her name? She, she got second in the 10,000. <laughs> yep. She got second her. in the 10,000 in Doha. I can't think of her name. I think it's, there's a G a somewhere. There is a G. I Australian people say I... this. Australian people say this to welcome you. Oh, oh, oh Bet good day. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, I lost you there for a while. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. You froze. Were you good? I, okay. There was a lot of excitement about that that pick. Uh yeah. You got it right. Okay. The next yeah. one. The next one though. Number 10, 142333, Ethiopia 2018. You're probably not going to get this, so I just take a guess. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, I, it would be a, a, I mean, what, a guess. It's like Sanbiri Teferi. Incorrect. Okay. okay, I mean, uh, I know the name. Number, but... 
number 11, 142375, Russia, 2008. Oh, oh, God, what? Uh, I don't know. They're probably banned right now, so I have no idea. Uh, well, yeah, the the only famous female Russian long distance runner during this era. Oh, is this the whistleblower? No. She oh, ran the eight hundred, Lincoln. No, yeah, that's right. Okay. Lilia. Here's close. Lilia. I mean, I just want to say that first name is correct. Is it Lily? Okay, Lilia. Wait, wait, you think her name is Lilia? Lilia Kova? Lilia Pova, I was going to say, but uh, Lilia, I can't think of the... Lilia is the first name. That's the first name. You're right on the first name. Give me a last name. <laughs> Lincoln. Um, Failing here. Running out of time. Three. Yeah, she win Chicago. Um, yeah, no. She did win L- Chicago. L- she did win Chicago. L- You're right. It's Lilia Shobakova. Shobakova, t- yeah. You're down to one more miss. This is going to be tough. Okay. Now you got to go thirteen. You got to go twelve for thirteen here to close out. Wow. Uh, wow. F- number twelve, fourteen, twenty-four, sixty-eight, two thousand four, Turkey. <laughs> uh. Uh, l- let me just say this: this list includes people who have received doping positives. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Minutes. That's going to be the technicality when I get through a court of law. See, that's why I'd forgotten these athletes. That's for sure. I have no way of even uh, – 2004, I mean, would it have been uh, – I mean, it's probably the athlete that took the medals from Goucher and uh, yes. them. Yeah, I – I, I uh, what was – oh, I actually could – I at one point knew this, but I think I've watched so many Netflix shows – that the plot line for Narcos has filled in the space <laughs> where this name would have been. Uh, I, I, man, what was the name? Yeah, you'll know when you say it, but I, I don't. Elvin Abelgesang. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 So yeah. you got to yeah. twelve. You got to twelve. That was uh, that wasn't great. Got to be honest. I, I know my world records. Really I know. I just. What's your best what? event? I'll 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 give you a chance to make up for this what's your best event what could you do the entire or cl- what could you do the top 10 with no errors on solidly of mm. uh, that's a tough one um maybe the men's 1500 okay i was gonna say the 100 but no um i'm trying to find the all-time lists on here but uh oh we're actually gonna test me out here great okay. well i wanted to men's 1500 all-time let me see if i can find oh, let me see if i can get the uh okay oh, you ready yeah you want to do this he's shamel guru's 326 flat i don't think you're gonna get to 10 i got one he's shamel guru's 326 flat next one yeah. is kenya kenya 2001 is the number two no <laughs> <laughs> are you serious uh yeah why do i struggle with this one uh 326 uh, is it is it bernard legat no god correct no. oh it is oh god oh why oh, you don't geez. remember that come on man i you just gotta know that he's okay, almost sorry. had the world record okay. number okay. three ken kenya 326 69 2015 yeah um oh my god uh asbel kiprop 
Number four, 327-37, Algeria, 1995. Um. <laughs> mm. Mm, yeah, I think you're out. You're eliminated here on number four. Come on, man. Nordin Morsali? Yeah. One of the all-timers. Yeah. yeah. All right, number re- – Redemption. If you get this right, I'll let you back in the game. Number five, 327-64, okay. Kenya, 2014. If you get this right, I'll let you back in. Oh, it was the running buddy with Kiprop back in the day. Uh, his last name starts with an S, right? Uh, no, Silas Kiplagat. Okay, you're back in. Number six, 328-12, oh. Kenya, 2000. You're not going to know this because you were like born in 2000. I don't know. Yeah. This guy was famous. Uh, he, had, he had his moment. He had his moment for sure. It was brief. 2000. 2000. Got a gold medal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when, uh, Sorry, Garouge I... ran that three, when that Garouge ran that, uh, actually, this, I feel like, uh, yeah, is this, I feel like he ran faster. All right. You give up. Yeah. No and Yen. Oh. No and Yen. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. He got that he got mm-hmm. that gold there. Uh okay, I want to do one more email before we go. Okay. That Henry, thank you for that email. Sorry about Lincoln. Uh got an email here from uh Kristen, Melody, and Marissa. Remember they wrote in before they all had the oh, uh, the injury the, same injury? The, the Utah. Yeah, the Utah trio. Yeah, it says Dear Kevin and Lincoln. Because tradition. And she says, no, Gordon Mack, we forgive you. And we love your Ed Eyestone reaction video. We're back with the Flowtrack Podcast edition, The Three Crippled Sisters. Kristen, Melody, and Marissa update. Kristen, nothing's changed except for the pants. Although it took her two hours, she currently walks around like an older penguin dragging a not-as-hungry polar bear. In all honesty, she is slowly improving and is able to change her pants. Melody quit wearing pants and resorted to dresses full-time. She is currently running daily and the physical therapist is happy. The surgeon commented that, quote, her quad was buff for a skinny girl. Marissa got fancy new tutu shorts to wear on the altar G, the physical therapist. Her physical therapist is still severely limiting activities, including skipping, jumping rope, jumping jacks, rock climbing, cartwheel surfing, llama riding, climbing out of the window unless there's a fire and climbing onto the roof. He's not limiting sting pong and eating toast <laughs> as long as it's <laughs> a whole wheat pong? bread. It says sting pong. I'm not sure what that is. Okay. Do the announcement of the postponement of the Olympics. We decided we needed to create our own. Uh, quarantine Cripple Olympics. We want to congratulate you. You have been chosen sponsor of our Olympics. Sponsorship includes opportunities for free flow track advertising, lots of humor that is probably too clean for Gordon Mack, and more sporting events available besides the Ultimate Garden Clash. You're welcome, Lincoln. Our sponsorship is on condition of nationwide exposure through this world renowned flow track podcast and hypothetically flow track swag. We wear size extra small. In lieu of our cripple status, our events may be unconventional to the traditional Olympics. However, they'll be well worth the prize of gold, silver, and bronze toilet seats. Hashtag flow track, F L O W. <laughs> track our events may include extreme ironing giant tuna fish tossing worm chasing synchronized bathtub raising ultimate food fighting stinging nettle eating contest a lot of these words i don't know person carrying contest see the wife carrying world championships held every year in finland note since we uh cannot carry people cardboard cutouts will be substituted we plan to make our uh olympics a decathlon sort of event combining overall points for the grand prize and the one and only title of to be determined the project is still in the works. We'd appreciate your opinions and feedback. Kristen, Melody, and Marissa. P.S. The Olympic fanfare and theme will be unlike 
ever heard before. You won't want to miss it. And she attached a PDF of a uh, certificate of sponsorship that says we have been selected as the title sponsor for their games. <laughs> I'd be interested to watch the tuna slinging. Those things are pretty yeah. heavy. Um, also, I'd be interested to see how they're getting the tunas to fresh tuna to uh, wherever they're at in Utah right now. So that would be mm-hmm. quite interesting, but I'm glad we're the sponsor. Um, I know last time I checked the flow track shirts, we were just at all mediums leftovers. So I don't know <laughs> if we can attain yeah. If we can, you know, ultra shrink in a hot dryer, some of the mediums into extra smalls. But uh, I'm ready to put those events on our platform and, you know, get get the the events that people are eager to see back on the airwaves. Get the tuna slinging going. I'm for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of words in there that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Sting pong. I'm not sure what that. Maybe I should Google that before I keep I saying know. it. I might get be getting I'm, myself in trouble. Yeah. Yep, I'm gonna Google that and Nordine Morselli after this, uh, just to get caught up on the full scope of what we're talking about here. Have you watched the? Did you watch the 2000 Olympic final in the 1500 with Nien and and Lagat or Nien and uh, Garouche? Yeah, I know it's a great race. I just forget his uh, name. That's your assignment. Yeah, Lincoln's assignment okay. of the week. So here's what I want you to do: watch that and tell me it's not exactly the same race as four years later when Garouge eventually gets the gold with Lagat playing the role of Nyan, but this time Garouge has the extra gear. Watch both those races mm-hmm. back to back. It's it's uncanny, okay. right? Did you watch Daniel Coleman? No, I forgot. I know I gotta watch the seven twenty okay. or whatever race. Yeah. I've been skimping on my homework. Sorry. This is, this is why you get all these things. This is why you don't know who uh this is why you don't know who Letsonet Gidey is without a, a very easy hint, right? This is the problem. <laughs> this, is why, this is why Isaac Songok Isaac Songok means nothing to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. Unfortunately, I sorry, Isaac. If you want to come on the show ever and to and regal me of your career, I will be lo- uh, you know, love to hear it. But till then. Yeah. Uh all right. That is it. Flowtrack Podcast at gmail.com is the email address lincoln and gordon will be back tomorrow they might just yell at each other the entire time who knows it should be terrific stay tuned to find out thanks a for producing talk to you guys soon